Welcome back to Dungeons & Designers Campaign 2, Session 2, where we build another character with Courtney Leach. Last week you heard Zach Wilkinson's character build, so today we're going to explore what Courtney Leach has been building up and what she's got in her head. How's it going, Courtney? Hey, doing well. I'm excited to dive in. New world. Mm, new new <laughs> world, new time frame, uh, new, this whole futuristic thing. You can't see it, but around our faces there's like neon tubes showing that we're no longer in uh, the Faerun old style world. We're doing this sci-fi future fantasy. Pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. All right. So, cool, cool. Um, I think we can get right into it. I'm going to switch screens so that uh, people watching can see, but we'll obviously say everything out loud for our audio listeners. But I'm going to bring up one of uh, Dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons character sheets, and we're going to kind of fill it out together. Nice. Like with Zach, we talked about kind of real briefly that I sent you guys a little character building sheet, and we're going to kind of walk through that together. Uh, the reason that I gave you guys this is so that we could spend more time on role-playing and last time on making the perfect character. So the first thing we did was we were going to cho choose your race, right? Because the mm -hmm. race will impact the name you choose. It'll impact some of your personality traits and some other things that you've got going on. So what race do you think you're going to play? Um, I'm really into tabaxi. They're cat people. And they typically come from an other world, an other land, historically. Um, so do you want me to go into kind of the personality types of tabaxi? And, sure. Um, they really like to collect items, um, but it's less about the item and more about the story behind it. And they're very curious, as cats are. Um, that's what kind of drew me to them but they have all different types of looks like they could be snow leopard or leopard or house cat and so mm -hmm. I chose the leopard cat and she has these rosettes on her um, and pretty short hair still like a leopard so whenever she shows emotions they'll kind of like ripple down her spine or her face um, so she can be pretty expressive and when you say leopard you don't mean like the jungle leopard you mean there's like a house cat leopard right yeah, there's a house cat that's called the leopard cat. Do they have like really big ears? Am I, yeah. Am I imagining the right one? Like mm -hmm. they're they really have a, super slender? Yes. And they have a different shaped face. They're not so wild looking, but mm -hmm. in our world, they come from like the Asia area, okay. leopard cats. Um, And so, yeah. So in this world, the way that the... Um, tabaxi people are structured as they have clans that are up to 12 people okay and mine's called the rosette clan we're like a little cloud are out there um and they worship the cat lord uh and then i'm the daughter of the elder of our clan all right and how you spell you're, you're saying you're the rosette clan mm -hmm. r-o-s-e-t-t-e -E? yes cool yeah after our markings that's apparently what they're called. Perfect. And you're kind of uh, the daughter of the leader. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have a lot of different siblings. Yeah. Um, come from. Yeah. Cool. And you said when, like, when you're considering your personality traits, uh, you said that you like to collect stuff. Is that right? Yeah. I think in terms of my character, her name's Peg. She likes to collect stories and learn about other cultures. P E G G. Yeah. Or one G. Um, just one G. Cool. 
Um, so typically they are really interested in shinies and I think I'll be more interested in stories, but also the relics that come along with it and okay. also status. So collector of relics, stories, status stuff. I like that. That sounds all super interesting and a reason for you kind of to be, to be exploring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's um, started, I'd say she's around my age. They, so um, they have, they're around six or seven feet tall, and okay. they also have the same lifespan as humans. So she's medium build. Um, and I'd say she's been exploring for, uh, I don't know, five or ten years already, but she's still pretty new to it. Um, and she would have heard about Toral, and it's kind of like the greatest thing that you could do is discover what's happening there yeah it's a um, big mystery mm-hmm. um and she's writes um well she has like a a weekly uh i don't know what we want to call it like podcast or um newspaper column called in the rosette gazette where she talks <laughs> about <laughs> her findings it's, it's the rosette gazette <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How do you spell Gazette? G-I-Z-E. It's G-A-Z-E-T-T-E. Perfect. I think. We'll have to spell check later. That doesn't but... go in the features and traits, but that goes somewhere. I don't even know where to where you would put this on the character sheet, but we're going to put it right here for now. <laughs> like a hobby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So we've, yeah. we've got Peg, the tabaxi, uh, leopard house cat style. Uh, from Clan Rosette, Daughter of the Leader, you collect relic stories, status items, and you have the Rosette Gazette, which is kind of your weekly podcast, blog, um, news brief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so she's more into like anthropology kind of stuff, learning about other tribes and races. That makes perfect sense. So if we're talking about that, um, let's talk, we usually... We, your background was like our fifth step, but let's skip from oh, one whoops. to no. You're good. Let's skip <laughs> one to five. So, um, and are you going with the anthropology background? I believe so. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Okay. And for people watching or listening, the anthropology. I don't know how to spell anything. I am the worst. That's not right. Um, the anthropology background is the one from Tomb of Annihilation, and. Do you have it up? I have yes, it up. I've got I it copied. Up. So it okay, says, cool. uh, you've always been fascinated by other cultures from the most ancient and uh, primeval lost lands to the most modern civilizations. By studying other cultures, customs, philosophies, laws, rituals, religious beliefs, languages, and art, you have learned how tribes, empires, and all forms of society in between craft their own destinies and doom. So I think that makes a ton of sense when we're talking about Toral and talking about why you're exploring. Mm-hmm. In general. Yeah. Like one of her ideals would kind of bring, be to discover what's happening and then maybe she can write a book and retire. But other than that, she just likes learning about other people. That's perfect. And then that means like any sort of um, combat or anything you do is strictly a survival means. Definitely. You're not mm -hmm. there to conquer. You're there just to like get by, learn as much as you can update your fans on what you see, and then write a book. Yes. So any kind of combat that I would initiate in or the class that I would choose would be mm -hmm. purely for self-defense. 
that makes a, a lot of sense. All right. So you don't, you're not, we're going <laughs> to, let me start over. We're starting our, our campaign on the um, Lathander's ring, the station that's orbiting Toral, but you're not from there. Right. Now you don't I'm... have, you don't have all of the information of the setting because I haven't sent it to you guys. Um, but do you have an idea of what kind of where you want to have come from? Um, part of me is going with just the typical lore and then I don't know if I'll branch off from that, but so far my, my homeland and what I'm guessing is my home world is mm -hmm. called Meztica. It's M-A-Z-T-I-C-A. And that's where my race is from. Um, so I think that's, it's probably a solar system or two away. Yeah. So, um, I just looked up Meztica. It's referred to by its inhabitants as the true world was a large continent west of Faerun. Um, it's a land of jungles and mystery. So if we're, we're going by the setting, Toral is currently on fire. So uh, Mastika is Let's... totally trashed. <laughs> we should probably pick like where they, is it possible they would have left and resettled somewhere else? So everybody that was, that's surviving from Toral escaped from Toral onto Lathander's Ring, but that was 750 years ago, right? So a lot of people have left Lathander's Ring and resettled on other planets. They've resettled um, on their own vessels. So there's a lot of options like where your family, your clan, the 12 or so you said, could be on their own spacecraft, kind of roaming around doing similar stuff you're doing. Or we could give them a planet that they resettled on after leaving the Flanders ring. I think that makes more sense, the latter. Okay. We could even call it New Mystica or something like that. Well, let me go down the list of planets that we can choose from for you. Sweet. I get to go planet shopping. You go planet shopping. <laughs> All right. So, sorry, let me get to my... So the closest planet to the sun, I believe, is Ooh. Anadia. So Anadia is a, a hotter planet because it's the closest thing to the star. Um, it's known for having the, these dark-skinned halflings. It's very reminiscent of a different D&D setting called Dark Sun, I believe, um, which is way back in the A day. I think they're going to bring it back, though. Yeah, Dark Sun. So it's like a desert planet, kind of like Mars. So if you're thinking of Anadia, you can think sort of like Mars. Um, okay. The next planet uh, is Collier, C-O-L-I-A-R. Um, it's a gas giant, and on it, Inside of the sketch giant are there floating islands, and on top of the floating island live lizard folk, and then below the floating islands um, live Aarakocra, and the Aarakocra can travel between the floating islands, so they kind of rule this planet. So if you guys were there, you would be kind of at the same level as the lizard folk, with the Aarakocra kind of being above you. Okay. Another one, Toro's the third planet, like Earth. Uh, and it's trashed. You can't be from there. Yeah. Uh, Carpri is a water planet. So I don't know if you want to live on a water planet. But through the center, the equator, there's a band of seaweed that's thick enough for some people to have built settlements. Um, oh. So it's not even actual land. It's like... Yeah, it's like this kind of uh, soft, floating, green foliage. Because that might work. Okay. What were the other options? Let's see. Or is that... Oh, no. There's there's too many options. 
Oh, okay. Uh, but no, we can go on. There's. Uh, I was thinking like tropical, like where they were from on Toral, but they actually don't mind the water, um, and really like sea life. Okay, then yeah, if you're into sea life and you're into this idea of like you guys weren't from here, so like the idea of Carpri is that um, within the water, it's full of sea elves. So all of the inhabitants of this planet are really beneath the surface of the water. The only people to have had a settlement on the seaweed are people who have visited and either stayed or are here just for research. Okay. So we could say like, if, if your family is all sort of anthropologists, that this is very different than where they were from, but there, there be reasons for them to have settled here. Yeah. I think I might have gotten tired of being on that planet and I left and the rest of my family is just chilling and I'm corresponding with them from my adventures. That makes perfect sense, I think. And Carpe is a cool planet. I don't have a whole lot figured out about it yet, but we can build that together a little bit and figure out kind of what you want your family to have done there. All right, so we kind of have who you are, where you're from, you're on Toral because you're exploring and you're trying to learn more about different cultures. Uh, yeah, on Toral, I'm sorry. You're on Lathander's Ring. The interesting about Lathander's Ring and the reason that your character, Peg, might have stayed here longer than you expected is that it's a, it's a melting pot. So it takes like all these different cultures to come and meet on Lathander's Ring because um, it's a station that anyone can come in. So when you come here, there's going to be loads of different cultures living and working it possibly just here for a small stint, right? As between their jumps to somewhere else. So that all could be like a super interesting reason for why you are here. But you also said that you're, you're interested in Toral. Mm -hmm. Does that all kind of make sense? Yeah, definitely. Cool. So if we're going through this kind of uh, character building guide, we, we have your goals for why you're here. Um, one thing, and people who listened to the last episode will, will recognize this, is we kind of need a reason for why you need to leave. Um, one thing we had mentioned was it's, it's always easier to stay where you are. So we need to give your character enough reason that they would want to leave the station and explore other areas. So, I, no, you can go. I think I might have gotten used to the people who are there. Mm -hmm. That's another thing about... Um, the tabaxi is that they're easily bored. Okay. So if I had managed to stay there long enough and I was done with it, and especially since it seems like the ship is kind of old and falling apart, it would make sense that I would want a new place to check out. So you, I'm going to put it as a flaw, even though I don't mean it as a flaw yet. We can totally. figure out where to put it. But So we're going to say that Peg gets bored and is easily, uh, is always on the move. Mm-hmm. So like just staying in one spot, you've got you've got a serious case of wonderlust. Yes. So let's talk about ideals. Like what are some of the things that you think would be a good aspect of Peg? Um, according to the anthropology mm -hmm. um background, she really wants to her ideal is knowledge and bonding with other people. Okay. And just really understanding who else is out there. So always so wanting that, to learn. Yeah. That's cool. Um, this one says, by understanding other races and cultures, we learn to understand ourselves. 
and I could see her really getting into that. Cool. So I'm going to fill in always wanting to learn about others to learn more about herself. And we're saying it's a female tabaxi, just so we're clear. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think I feel like I, I know your character pretty well. Um, is there any other kind of personality trait things that you would want to talk about or mention? Um, she might get a little snooty or like distant from other people culturally just because she grew up on Carpri and was kind of isolated. And she has this false sense of uh, privilege because she's the elder's daughter. Okay. But like everywhere else, though, they're a lot more commoner type people. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of, I don't think I talked about her physical appearance yet. Other than um, the fact that she's kind of a the leopard cat, the home leopard cat. Yeah. Um, and that she's really tall. But she has this, she was named after her aunt. Um, who passed away when she was young, and she has this uh, necklace that's like an opal with sapphires and diamonds around it, and that's her most cherished possession. I think that would also go under flaws. If that were to be stolen, she would not be very happy at all. Um, Wait, and what was it from your aunt? It's a necklace. Okay. And um, she tries to be really not intimidating in terms of how she comes off, like... If any kind of weapons that she's going to have, she wants them to be really discreet Mm -hmm. um, so she doesn't freak people out. So um, she's going to wear like a little half cape with like a tall collar on it and then some high-waisted pants with a little sweetheart cut top and then maybe like a streamlined bag or something where she could put a small weapon. But I'm also wondering if she could, whatever weapon she's going to have, if the holster could like go inside of her cape or somewhere to where she could pull it out, but people don't see it immediately. Sure. Mm-hmm. There's also this idea of like, you could just have your stuff in your bag and before you go in somewhere that could potentially be dangerous, you take it out. Like we don't always need to be having swords out. Right. <laughs> our guns. Like we could keep the guns in our bag. And then if it comes to the point where like, Oh, this could get hairy using to pull it out and then everyone will know you've got a gun. Um, yeah. Like she really wants to do no harm mm-hmm. and then definitely not kill anybody. Um, so I think that's fleshes out her yeah, I'll put like, that, character. Let me put that on the ideal um, won't kill. Batman rules. <laughs> All right. So let's see. We've talked about your kind of your faults uh the only the faults only one i have right now is that gets bored and is always on the move um and you have some entitlement from being a kind of a the leader's kid Mm -hmm. are there any other faults that you want to mention or does that feel like it's pretty rounded out yeah i think that if anything she might get really inquisitive which could hold things up um but that that pretty much rounds out her flaws perfect i think that i think that's great and uh, just like we do, right, as we grow and live and experience new things, our ideals, flaws, and goals all change. Definitely. So none of this is, like, set in stone, for sure. But I think it's a great start, and uh, it gives your character a reason to be on the ship or the station and gives you a reason to eventually want to get off. Mm-hmm. 
so I think that leads us to kind of the last thing, which is your class. So now that we know your personality and everything, we're going to try to pick a class that fits and can build off the story you're telling. Definitely. So where, um, what are you thinking right now? I'm thinking fighter, um, but she's not a soldier or anything. It's more of she understands basic things that she would need to be able to do to get out of a situation or get control over a situation if necessary. Okay, cool. I think that makes perfect sense. And uh, we talked briefly before this recording, and I didn't think about this earlier, but I have some ideas for subclass stuff that I didn't mention earlier. So we can kind of talk to that, but let's uh, let's figure out, I don't believe, oh, I do need this for now. So Tabaxi, now we're gonna get into the nitty gritty of the numbers now. Yeah, okay. So I'm just looking to see uh, Tabaxi, what this offers you. And it's been a long time since I've looked at Volo's guide. So I'm trying to figure out where they put all that stuff. Um, there it is. So languages. You can speak, read, and write common in one other language of your choice. Have you thought about kind of languages and what you want to be speaking? I thought that I this will probably hinder me, but it just feels more true to the story. I thought that um, Tabaxi also have their own native tongue. So it makes sense that I would speak Tabaxi plus common. Okay. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know what language they speak. I don't know. I don't see it here, but I like the idea that we'll just put like Tabaxi. Yeah. Or if they don't have a language, then I guess whatever the elves speak that were on my island or my... Um, oh, that would make... My world. Yeah. So I believe you're going to get more languages. So let's keep it for common in Tabaxi right now. Um. Cat's talent, you're proficient in the perception and stealth skills. So let me just drop those in right now. I have really good smell, apparently. <laughs> that helps me at all. Do cats smell well? Mm-hmm. Sp- My cats can smell which room I'm in. <laughs> it's insane. That's weird. Dogs can, too, but I always expected that for dogs. I never... I don't have cats, so... Mm-hmm. Hey, you have uh, cat's keen senses, especially in the dark. You can see in dim light within 60 feet of you as if you were a bright light and in darkness as if you were in dim light. You can't discern color in darkness, so typical dark vision. Uh, feline agility. Your reflexes and agility allow you to move with a burst of speed. When you move on your turn in combat, you can double your speed until it's end of the tur- your turn. Once you use this trait, you can't use it again until you move zero feet on one of your turns. It sounds like it can get pretty insane if I have haste plus fly. It could go like 250 feet in a turn. That's crazy. That's yeah. So far. Um, but that's cool. Cat's claws. Because of your claws, you have a climbing speed of 20 feet. Um, which is cool. I think most people, it it's like half of their normal speed. So you just get a little bit of a boost to your climbing. And I think that's all of this. Oh, if you hit with your claws, um, it's an unarmed attack that deals slashing damage equal to 1d4 plus your strength modifier instead of the bludgeoning damage. So you do slashing damage instead of bludgeoning with your claws. That makes sense, right? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Okay, let's um, roll dice because the rest of this will determine on your ability scores. So are you ready? Are you going to do mm-hmm. the array build or are you going to roll for your stats? Can you, and for the listeners who don't sure. know, 
Can you explain to us both what the difference is? Sure. So Ray, you're given um, six numbers that you just allot wherever you want. For rolling, you roll four dice, 46, and you take the three highest, add them together, and that's your number for each stat. If you get um, like a little house rule, if you get two that are under eight, we re-roll them all if you want. Okay. Um, so it's just like th there's a risk, right? You could get lower than the, the array or you could get higher. So yeah, just... and how does that affect, I think, charisma and dexterity are supposed to be naturally high. So you you get to choose for both of them where you put the numbers. Oh, okay. So like um, in the array, I'll have to look it up. I think it's you get like a 15 and a 14. So you would choose where you would want that 15 and 14 to go. When you roll, you'll just take whatever your two highest and you'll put them where you think they go. Okay. Um, let's try array for fun. Uh, let me just get up the numbers then. Okay, it looks like it's 15, 14, 13, 12, 10, and 8. So where do you think you want your 15 to go? Um, I think dexterity would be really good. And then charisma for 14. Or wait, what do you do strength? So which ones affect constitution? That's your constitution score. So you Is my dex. Nope. You have strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, charisma. So constitution is a, a different, and constitution impacts your um, total health points. Okay. Um, how about then we do? Ah, uh, I need to think about it. Actually, we can. Okay, so would it make sense to make um things that I might struggle with as a character as the top two, and then put like dexterity and charisma as the next two tier. And then things I don't necessarily care about could be the bottom two. Yeah. Uh, what do you, you mean by what your character struggles with? Uh, whatever her weaknesses would be that aren't um, strength or so what, what charisma. What do you think like a weakness would be? What do you think of that? What, what's in, what comes to mind? Um... Oh, this is hard. Um, I'm not sure. Cause, okay, I want to make sure I have them all right. Constitution, strength, charisma, wisdom, constitution. Or I think I already said that. Yeah. What two it's, am I missing? It's strength, dexterity, mm -hmm. constitution. Those are your three stats for your body. Then okay. intelligence, wisdom, and charisma are your three stats for your mind. Got it. I feel like. She might be somebody who's not really wise, but she's learning intelligence-wise because she's an anthropologist. Okay, we could put eight into your wisdom. Yeah, I think that's probably what's... I think that makes then... sense for your character, but also makes sense if you're a fighter. You probably don't need a, a ton of wisdom. Okay. And then the middle two would probably be charisma and dexterity. So charisma, you're thinking uh, 10? Or 12? Uh, did you say 13 and 12? Like 15, 14, 13, 12, 10, 8? Sorry. 15, 14, 13, 12, 10, 8. Okay. So, so right, right now you have an 8 in wisdom. Yeah. Okay. And then the middle could be charisma and dexterity. So 13 and 12. Cool. So let's do 13 charisma. And you said dexterity 12? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And then that would lead with, uh, like, strength and constitution might need help. Because I don't know that those are naturally things that cat people would be good at. And I think for fighting, uh, good strength, good constitution make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So what are you Ooh. thinking? Which one do you want, 15? Constitution is a deal with AC, right? Uh, dexterity, I believe, is AC. Uh, constitution is your HP, your health points. HP. Why not? Okay, so let's do Constitution 15 and Strength 14. And then that leads... 13 um, for Intelligence? Nope. 13 was Charisma. 12 for Intelligence. Oh, for Intelligence. Sorry, 10 for Intelligence. Yeah, <laughs> okay, got it. So let me just run through this one more time for you. So you have 14 for Strength, which is a plus 2. Dexterity, which is a plus, uh, 12, which is a plus 1. Constitution is 15, that's plus 2. Intelligence is 10, which is 0. Wisdom is 8, which is a minus 1. And Charisma is 13, which is plus 1. And then because you are, um, you have a Dexterity, you get to go, because you're Tabaxi, your Dexterity goes up 2. So that brings your Dexterity up to 14, which gives you a plus 2. And then you've got your Charisma that goes up 1 which brings it to a 14, and that brings it up to plus two. I think that's good. Um, we can change it if we decide later um, that your fighter needs something else. Okay. So let's move to, let me make sure I didn't skip anything. Nope, I think we're good for now. So let's talk about being a fighter. So the first thing you need to do is you let's roll your your hit dice so you get 1d10 per fighter level so we're going to drop that in um 1d10 you get 10 plus your constitution modifier for your health points so your constitution modifier is two so you're gonna get 12 for your health points um when you level up you don't need to worry about that right now what are you gonna say Oh, that's just rough. <laughs> level one is rough. Level one, level one's the squishiest for sure. Yeah. Okay, so for your proficiencies, um, you are proficient in armor and shields, all armor. You are proficient with simple weapons and martial weapons. I wrote Marshall like a cop. That's not right. There we go. Oh, got it. I was like, what other way? You is have there? no proficiencies uh, yeah. in tools, and you're you have proficiency where your your strength and constitution saving throws. So that means your proficiency bonus is plus two at level one. Where do I put proficiency yeah. bonus there? What was that? Or where would we put that? In there if it's plus so there's a spot on the character sheet that's proficiency bonus two so when i okay. when i go for your saving throws i look at your strength your strength is a plus two modifier so mm -hmm. you automatically get a plus four to your strength because it adds in your proficiency bonus wow you okay. also get one with constitution so if we go down to your constitution that's a plus two so you'll get a plus four to your constitution saving throws but your 
dexterity is two, your intelligence is zero, your wisdom is minus one, and your charisma is two. And we'll double check. I'm not always positive about um, if I did the math right. So we'll we'll double check on stuff. But I think everything is looking good. Cool. And it fits her character to not be super intelligent, but just interested. Yeah. Yeah, curious like a cat, right? Or a fox Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you get to choose two skills from acrobatics, animal handling, athletics, history, insight, intimidation, perception, or survival to be proficient in. Okay. What's um, survival? So like if you're caught out in the wild, you need to do checks to see how to find civilization. You need to find food. Um, Knowing different weather patterns and stuff like that would all be survival. Okay. That could be helpful. I think she already has amazing perception you already yeah you already have perception and stealth okay um she doesn't necessarily need animal handling that i think of or that might be kind of funny if she's like talking to another cat that doesn't talk (laughs) um okay so how about survival and then Unless I'd love your opinion too, if like it just wouldn't make sense. No, I think survival makes a ton of sense because you're you're always in new locations. Even being on Lathander's ring is a new location, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you're this idea that you're always on the move. You're always yeah. kind of in survival mode. Mm-hmm. I think another one that could be kind of neat for what you've explained so far is intimidation, because you're you don't want to kill. And I feel like intimidation could help you get out of spots where intimidation or um, persuasion maybe is persuasion. No. So persuasion is not one because fighters obviously aren't persuasive. Um, (laughs) Intimidation could be interesting. History could be interesting. We haven't talked about your background yet. So let me just make sure while we're doing this, um, you're automatically, you're going to get skill proficiencies in religion and insight and that's coming from your anthropology background okay so athletics could be kind of neat if you're like jumping around like a cat does mm-hmm. um <clears throat> history could be his- good what would history be like i would look around an area and be able to perceive the history of the location. Yeah, so because we're playing in a custom setting that we're making together, if I go to character, I'm looking up at the setting document that uh, all of our Patreons at the $5 or $10 tier automatically get. Selfless plug. Yay. All right, which one were you talking about? Uh, history. History. Which is a intelligence. Oh. <laughs> so it said, so what I wrote is your history shows how much you have studied the past and the amount of lore you know. Uh, so in our setting, that could be how much you know about various science and techno- technological advancements. So like you might look at um, a ship and be like, oh, I know what group they're from because I know the, the technology they're using. Or... 
you know, the cultures of a different people or the stories of different people. So you might just be like, it will help with like understanding things around you from a historical reference point, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool for the anthropology idea. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Because if I'm trying to persuade somebody not to attack us, I could potentially use a charisma role, right? So I you could, could use do... a, so you won't use a, a charisma role. You'd use a persuasion or intimidation. Oh, is that what I would do? Those okay. are both under charisma, but they're they're very different, right? Mm-hmm. So you but gotta... they're affected by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So right now, Just... both both intimidation and persuasion will get plus two. We're deciding which one is going to be a plus four if you pick one of those type of things. But you can't you can't put it into persuasion. Oh, I see. Because I would max it out. No, because you're a fighter and you don't get a proficient bonus to persuasion. That's right. Okay, that's what you said. No worries. Uh, this is me... like the nerdy math part of making a character. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably history and survival. Cool. So currently, with being a tabaxi anthropologist fighter you're having history, insight, perception, religion, stealth, and survival all have per, uh, uh, proficiency bonuses. Okay. And I think that makes a lot of sense. So I'm just going to real quickly dump some numbers in here, which we'll probably cut out because this is super boring. Um, Cool. So cut out all that boring stuff, filled in your numbers. I think these all look right now. We'll double check it later. Uh, so before we start talking about equipment, let's go back to your anthropology and just make sure that we include everything that's from there. So we brought in your insight and religion skill proficiencies already. You have no tool proficiencies, but you do get to add two languages of your choice. And I think you were talking about... Uh, Elvish, maybe, because of the sea elves. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense, you think, still? I think so, that she would know that based on if she grew up there. And then if there is another kind of... You said that there might be other races that live underwater, too, or is it just sea elves? Oh, I'm sure there's other things, but... We'll have to build that out. Um, well, just like whatever else would live with sea elves on Toral. Like, lots of monsters, for sure. Um, I'd imagine, depending on how long she had lived on this spaceship, mm -hmm. the Lathander's Ring, she might pick up another one. So so there's um, Primordial and Aquan, which are both languages that some underwater creatures use. But you could you could go with something totally different. You could just be like, I want my character to know dwarvish or um, goblinoid. What are the goblinoid people? Goblin, I guess. Or you could stick with yeah. kind of Aquin for your water planet that you grew up in. Okay. Um, goodness. I'm making this a hard decision, but I feel like... It won't impact um, a ton. Okay, let's just say um, Aquin then. Okay. 
It's the kind of thing like Dan in the last campaign had a bunch of languages, I believe. Oh. And they were like never handy. Like he knew Abyssal, which like, or no, he didn't know Abyssal. Uh, I think Zach's dead character knew Abyssal. Would have been great. <laughs> Would have been great to have that at the end because that's what Orcus spoke. <laughs> um, cool. So we have your languages. Uh, we have, so your equipment. The anthropologist comes with some set equipment right off the bat. You get a leather-bound journal or diary. We can call that anything else that's a little bit more tech-oriented. So okay. this, this would be your your um, your log device. So the thing that you're doing your recordings on. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a bottle of ink. We'll ignore that. You get an ink pen. We'll ignore that because that's all like log device. Um, yeah. You have an extra set of clothes, so you can decide what those look like. And you have one trinket of special significance, which I think would be your necklace from your your aunt. Mm-hmm. I think so. And you have ten gold, which we're using credits, so you got ten credits. Ooh. Um, and I think that includes everything from anthropologist. So now another kind of difficult thing to start thinking about is your equipment. And the only reason I say it's difficult is because um we're in the future now things changed so you get uh chainmail or leather armor so we're just gonna you're gonna choose either one of those one's heavy one's medium so do you want heavy or medium armor hmm i believe chainmail maybe chainmail's not maybe they're both medium yeah or leather feels like it you could easily slice through it but I know chainmail is really heavy. Yeah, chainmail is heavy armor. So with chainmail or leather armor, the the difference is I believe heavy armor impacts your um, movement speed. Yeah. Would it be possible to do some kind of like metal plate that's in between? It's like lighter than chainmail, but a little bit uh more durable than leather i don't think so i think we're gonna keep it you can always get new stuff as you play right that's true um i'll probably do leather i think leather makes sense we can call it something else leather armor is just light armor okay um we'll come up off camera with an idea of what kind of synthetic materials um you want to be wearing what does this look like in space but yeah, it's like a thick, it's thicker than cotton. So it's thicker than a normal suit, but it's not going to be, it's not going to stop bullets, right? Mm-hmm. So you get a long bow and 20 arrows. So let's talk about guns. What kind of gun instead of a long bow do you think you would want? You could also get a, a bow that shoots energy which we're calling the energy bow. Okay. Uh, but do you want do you want an energy bow? Do you want more of a pistol, a rifle? This might be completely off base, so, but like like a stun gun kind of thing so that we have, paralyzes people. We've got multiple things for you on that one, I think. I just got to find them. So we have the dart gun, which can shoot different types of darts. And one of the darts is a paralysis dart, which um, would 
your enemy would need to pass on a uh, paralyzed check. Okay. There's also a taser. I just don't remember where I put it. But taser would be, you'd have to get up and personal with them. The dart okay. gun you could do from a distance and you could shoot different types of darts. I see her as being a dart lady. That would be cool. But then it's like whatever tech that we put behind it. It's no, it's kind of like a, it would shoot little, like kind of like needle canisters, kind of like a, a, a gun you shoot for animals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in Jurassic Park, they shot one of the dinosaurs with one. <laughs> Tranquilizer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. I think that one would be more of what she wants to use. Okay. And because you get 10, uh, you get 20 arrows. Do you want, right now I've got two darts. There's going to be more. I just have two right now. So there's the paralysis dart and the poison dart. Do you want to do 10, 10, or do you want to do 20 and the paralysis dart? Let's do paralysis and poison. 10, 10. Yeah. Are those two, they, they'd have to both be constitution rolls, you think? I'd have to look it up. Okay. Know, but that sounds right. Because if they were different, that would be in my favor. We could figure that out with you then. Yeah. We'll figure that out off camera because um, I explained this to, to Zach a little bit, but because this is a setting that we're building together, things will change yeah. and morph and it's like the alpha test. So if you're like, oh man, Prowse and Poison are both cool, but like they're both constitution saving throws, then what's the point? And yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. Right now I've got them both as con constitution 12 checks. So kind of like right down the middle. All right. Which I would probably boost up a bit because 12 seems low. But so let's talk about your melee weapon. So you get a martial weapon and a shield or two martial weapons. Traditionally, martial weapons are not like simple swords. So I'm trying to get up my list to show you what traditionally they were. Thanks. So a martial weapon would be like a battle axe, a flail, a glaive, a halberd a long sword. These are all, um, I guess a short sword is considered a martial weapon. I feel like she would use a flail because it looks like a cat toy to me. Well, let's, talk the about, one with... let's talk about some items that would be like future. Oh, you're right. I'm trying to see. Do you have the PHB open? I do. What are you looking for? Which pages are the weapons that you're looking at? Oh, I Googled it. I'm on roll oh, 20. Okay. <laughs> You're good. Um, so we've got things like uh, energy blades, uh, just fancier, uh, what's it called? Fancier swords, like laser swords. We've got daggers. We have random things like more like steel pipes, which would be like more of like a bruiser type thing. Um, the taser is in here. Retractable wire, handcuffs, sleeping solution, mind scrambler, um, clawed gloves. But you already have clawed gloves, so it not help you because <laughs> you're a cat. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you said one that got me really excited. It was um, maybe the third or fourth one because I'm looking for like a short or a long swordish looking thing it was before when you said the laser sword oh. uh, we've got here i'll just read off a bunch for right now we've got energy dagger dual blade which is like um a sword but on both ends 
So mm-hmm. if we're thinking Star Wars, it'd be like Darth Maul's, but they're just yeah. blades, not. And then we have the plasma blade, which is more like a straight Star Wars ripoff, or the energy glaive, which is a much larger kind of blade. That doesn't probably make sense for your character. Yeah, I would say it's like, let's picture your tabaxi peg in this kind of sci-fi station. What kind of item would she carry around to defend herself? And she's got this dark gun, which will help. Mm-hmm. But like maybe when things get dire, what is she using? Yeah. I liked the lasers things that you're talking about. Like a, um, like a laser sword or energy blade? Energy blade. But I don't want to be too Star Wars about it. Okay. For her. Just so like is a there normal one... sword? No. Oh, there was some kind of energy. Um, dagger? I know I'm being difficult. Yeah, no. or like a little bit bigger than a dagger. I think right, but you go from dagger to full blade. Can it telescope? Fine, I'll do the Star Wars thing. <laughs> I like that it's so discreet. You can pull it out and then you turn it on and we're going. Right. Yeah. It's something you could just like toss in your bag, literally toss in a bag and just forget. Yes. Yeah, I think that works. Um, I think, yeah, the dagger or the plasma blade work great. I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. Plasma grade or plasma blade. blade. Okay, and because it's only one, you could either dual hand it or you could get uh, a shield. And in here, I've got an item that's a little bit different than a shield. So I'm going to go on my off hands. Um, so I'm calling it the combat companion. And mm-hmm. it's a, it's a kind of like a little robot that flies around you and can take hits for you and take the damage. So it will increase your AC a bit but also um, it can break over time if you can't repair it. Okay. So you can either do a second blade or you can do a shield or you could do this combat companion. Let's do combat companion. Okay. Sounds great. Now we're deciding, do you want two crossbow bolts or two hand axes? (laughs) But I don't think you need another ranged. No. Especially if I'm not trying to kill people. Right, this would just be like, when it comes down to it, like, no other yeah. options type of thing. Yeah. So What's could, like the space dagger thing? The that energy dagger? Cool. The energy dagger. It's just kind of like a small um, blade that comes out of like plasma. Okay. You want that? Two of those. Mm-hmm. Instead of two hand axes. We'll just give you one of them because we're going one. melee. Yeah. Okay. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't throw them. That'd be weird. Oh. And I might not do a wield unless I get a feat, probably. You can always do a wield. I can. But you, it, it's like less efficient. Okay. So for your third set item, we're going to give you, instead of two hand axes, because it doesn't make sense for your character, we're going to give you the energy dagger, which I think is great. It's just another option for you to use in close combat. So the last thing you get to do is choose a Dungeoneer's pack or Explorer's pack. Both of those have different things. I believe off camera you had you had mentioned you wanted rope. Yes. And I believe the explorer's pack is what comes with I think the oh they both might come with rope. I don't remember. Okay, cuz I want to tie people up if I need to. Right. Um if they're going to wake up. So they both come with rope. The di- big difference is that the dungeoneer's pack looks like it's something to break into stuff and the explorer's pack is more of just like normal backpacking gear. 
Yeah, that's a hard one. Because uh, I just don't know if... There's probably going to be closed doors on my journey that I would need to get into. And I'm not malicious, but it might very come interested. in handy. Yeah. Okay. So we'll give you the that dungeon, makes sense. We'll give you the Dungeoneer's pack. So I think that's everything. Um, the only thing we haven't talked about, and I believe this is a level one thing. Yeah. So oh, okay. is you need to choose a fighting style. Oh, dear. And this is different than your level three subclass. Um, so what kind of fighter do you think you're going to be? Archery, which is just ranged. No. Defense. So when you're while you're wearing armor, you gain an extra AC. Uh, dueling. So that's when you are wielding a melee weapon in one hand and no other weapons. You gain a two plus two bonus to, uh, damage rolls. Great weapon fighting wouldn't make sense because I don't think you have any great weapons right now. Or protection. When a creature you can see attacks a target other than you, that is within five feet of you, you can use your reaction to impose disadvantage on the attack roll. You must be wielding a shield. Okay. Which you are. Like we're, we're calling your uh, combat a companion little... a shield. Okay. Or two weapon two fighting. Weapon. But I don't think you're going to be two weapon fighting much. Sounds like defense. Get a little and, bit of AC um, bonus. Yeah, defense and protection would make most sense. I'm trying to understand the protection again really quick. Protection? Attacks a target other than you. You can use your reaction to impose disadvantage. So once per round, you let's say someone's attacking Zach. Yeah. You can shout at them. You can distract them. You can do something that will cause them to have to attack with disadvantage. Um, I'll try that one. I feel like she's pretty benevolent. She would do that. Okay, so fighting style, we're going to go protection. Cool, I think for level one, that is all, all you need to know right now. Um, you get second wind, which is cool because you can heal yourself a little bit using uh, your... You regain hit points equal to 1d10 plus your fighter level. And I believe that's once per short rest. And that's everything else. Every, you start getting new stuff again at le second level and third level. But for right now, when we start our campaign, that's going to be Peg. Whoop. We just made a person. That's pretty cool. Do you have any questions about things or you're not sure about stuff? Hmm. I think I'll know more in the first episode. You mm -hmm. mentioned that there are rings that we all live on. That'll be pretty cool to flesh out. Oh, we should. Like no, multiple rings. Let's talk about that now. Zach got a ring. And I forgot. I've got one more thing. Let's. Okay. Let's. Uh. Let's talk about rings first, and then we'll do our last thing. So what kind of um, class system do you think you would be living in as a traveler? You are noble, right? So there, there is this idea that you do have some kind of some money. Um, or do your parents not give you money because you left? Um, I think I would be noble, and then after that, it's up to me to make more money. 
through. Sorry, my cat is like trying to get into this door. <laughs> <laughs> How fitting. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't think that they're sending me extra money. Um, okay. I think it, I'm on my own, but maybe I start with a little bit more than everybody else does. Okay. Does that you, fit in the system? It could, yeah. Um, how long do you think you've been on uh, Lufthander's ring? Like, did that money run out and you had to go find more? Or would we want to put you in, like, you just got here and we're going to put you on wherever your parents could afford it now? I'd say I'm midway through. <laughs> Um, I can see the end of the funds and that might uh, cause me to try to look for my next adventure as well. Cool. So um, the the sixth ring on Lathander's ring is called the terminal and that's where all visitors come and it's uh, a ring where most classes can visit. So this is like the ring that has the most diversity. The majority of the ring are um, shops, restaurants and things of that sort. But on okay. the outside edge, there's temporary housing for travelers. So I think you could fit in there as like someone who just is visiting. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have gotten like a small apartment on the outside ring of the sixth ring. Okay. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. And it's like, oh, my rent's coming due and I only have three months left. <laughs> I gotta get yeah. moving. There's also, um, just so that you know, on on the sixth ring, so maybe you live nearby, there's a restaurant called uh, Capri Sea Bar. Okay. And the idea of the Capri Sea Bar was someone from Capri came here. It's a sea elf who runs it. And uh, it's all seafood based on that planet. Mm-hmm. So on the sixth ring, there's many different cultural representations. It's like, a, like if you go to New York City, you can find whatever kind of food you want. Mm-hmm. So this is just the one restaurant that represents your home planet. I'm there. Okay, that sounds great. Cool. So let's close up your character making stuff. And I have one more thing to surprise you with. Um, I got a new book called Arcana of the Ancients. And the book is made to uh, allow you to bring sci-fi into your game. Oh, cool. And because this game, this world is built on tech... We're going to allow every player to start with one piece of tech. So I need you to bring up your your roller, probably your web roller, because I need you to roll a D100. Oh. Can I roll the percentage die twice? If you can figure it out. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I'm the, I don't either. I'm the worst one doing it. All right. I'll do a Well, wait. Do you have your, do you have your percentage die in front of you? Yeah. I just don't know how to do it. All right. Roll your the one with zeros drawn at first. Or it says it's the tens one, so probably I don't. Okay, I'm gonna do the online roller. <laughs> it's It'll be easier. I, yeah. So the the way it works while you're searching for that, the way I, I think it works is you roll the one with zero zero on it, so it has like zero six zero seven, or no, it has seven zero eight zero five zero, and that's your tens, and then you roll your single digit one for your ones. So if you roll like five zero and three, you have fifty three. If you roll zero, 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 and one, you rolled a hundred. Oh, that's cool. But hey, uh, get at me on Instagram and tell me how wrong I was, cause. Mm-hmm. I got a twenty-seven. 
Okay, 27. You get friction reducing gel. When you activate this synth and metal canister, it sprays pungent droplets up to 10 feet. The spray dries within seconds, creating an invisible coating on a 10-foot by 10-foot area, such as a patch of ground. For the next three hours, the arrow is difficult terrain. When the coating appears, each creature standing in its area must succeed on a DC 13 dexterity saving throw or fall, fall prone. A creature that enters the area or ends its turn where there must also succeed on dexterity saving throw or fall prone. So it's like a, a liquid that makes people fall over and it's slippery. Very comical. Or you can put it on a wall too to keep people from climbing up. Oh, that's genius. So all okay. of it, it actually fits your character pretty well. And I'll send you these details offline. But uh, it fits your character, this idea of like, you don't want to fight. You just want to get out. Mm-hmm. Escape. But it's a single use it. thing. So keep that in mind when you're using it. Okay. Cool. Cool. So that's Peg. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we, we call it a day? Um... No, I'm really excited cool. to play Peg. So, Courtney, where can they find you online? I'm on Instagram at Courtney M. Leach. Cool. And as always, you can find me at Noble Folk Design on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find more information about the show and our Patreon at DungeonsAndDesigners.com. Uh, thanks for listening. This is episode two of Character Creation. Next, we have uh, Dan with his new character. And then we'll have our session zero where all our characters figure out how they know each other. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. That's another episode of Dungeons and Designers. Intro music is by Mon Plaisir. Editing and animation was done by me, your friendly DM, Will. Find this and more in the description. <laughs>